You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Tailored clothes with his right pants pocket cut extra long and lined with leather to hold his Colt revolver. Mm-hmm. And uh, that revolver could be out just at the slightest uh, problem. So he actually wore not really a holster, but uh, like they had his pants made to hold that gun. But he was born in 1854 in Mississippi. He moved with his family to Texas when he was two. And like a lot of those adolescent boys of his era, he became a cowboy trailing herds to the Kansas railheads and uh, those cow towns. And when he was there, he ran across a lot of the cool-headed, fast-living gamblers uh, who were in the saloons. And and he became pretty fascinated with... uh, with the lifestyle, and he set about changing his occupation from cowboy to gambler. He drifted to Sydney, Nebraska in 1876, and he became acquainted with a gang of whiskey peddlers, and he thought that looked pretty good, so he joined up with them, which consisted of selling uh, whiskey to the Sioux, mm-hmm. which was against the law. Absolutely. Well, the hazards and dangers of this venture were a lot, basically, and Short later claimed that he killed six uh, braves on various occasions while peddling his whiskey and well the army put short out of business and after that he actually began working for the military carrying dispatches now short was pretty much enjoying the life of a gambler in 1879 when he was living in leadville colorado now it was there that short's reputation as a fierce gunman began to circulate now at first the saloon patrons kind of hounded short because you know here he was this short little runt uh, but he dressed really, really sharp. Now, wait a minute. And Stop for a second, Doc. Luke, okay. Luke Short, and he fit yes. the name. He was a short little runt, right? He was. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, but uh, anyway, one of the other gamblers was kind of giving him a hard time about his clothes and being short, and so Luke uh, pulled out his gun, his Colt, and... Uh, after the man made a remark, and uh, uh, anyway, they had a uh, shootout one evening. Uh, well, actually, that guy, he just kind of clubbed him with his gun, with the butt of his revolver, but soon after that, he became involved in a shootout one evening with a man named Brown. Now, Brown had apparently been kind of messing around with Short's bets in the, in, at the tables, and so Short told him to knock it off, and, uh, and uh, anyway, Brown went for his gun, and Short pulled out his revolver and shot Brown, and it went right through his face, through both cheeks. Oh. And he was not fatally wounded, but he had a hole in both cheeks. Uh, And Short was not charged because the law said that he had the right to protect his bets at the gambling table. Boy, that guy, if he drank a milkshake, he'd really be a mess. (laughs) Talk about a drinking problem. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I did, you know. He'd need two corks, I guess. I really? I mean, my goodness anyway, sakes. So, so Luke moved to Dodge City, and he spent two quiet years as a house dealer in the famous Long Branch Saloon. Uh-huh. Now, Tombstone in 1881, uh, he was there, and he went to work there as a house dealer in the Oriental Saloon, which was one of the most famous saloons in the West. 
Uh, it was reportedly the site of some 200 deaths by gunplay. Short, what's that? I didn't say anything. Go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, Short worked alongside uh, Wyatt Earp, who owned a quarter interest in the saloon, Bat Masterson, who ran one of the tables, and Doc Holliday. Mm-hmm. spent a lot of his time in the Oriental Saloon. So these are the three of the famous guys that uh, that he kind of hung around with. Okay. Now, Short added to the notorious reputation of the saloon during the brief time that he was there. He quarreled with a guy named uh, Storms. Now, Storms accused him of cheating, and Masterson kind of jumped in, and he restrained Short and Storms from coming to blows with a fight. But And Storms left, and but he returned a little while later. This time... Uh, he pulled out a gun. Uh-oh. Now, he's standing right in front of Short with mm-hmm. his gun barrel. Now, if you can kind of picture this, they're standing face-to-face, and Storms takes his forty-five and kind of puts it right up to Short's mustache. Ooh! And just kind of, just kind of, you know, taunts him, basically. Yeah. Well, the two gamblers reached their guns, and Short quickly pumped out three shots. One slug broke Storm's neck. The second one tore into his heart. And, of course, he was dead. But uh, Short was cleared of any charges on the grounds of self-defense. All right. Whoa. Stop the bus a minute, Dr. History. we got to get off at this exit. You mean to tell me the other guy, the other guy had a gun on Short up against his mustache and short yeah. managed to shoot him three times this other guy was yeah. what you might say a little slow on the trigger <laughs> i guess you know i thought about that i thought you know he's got the gun in his hand but short was able to pull his and pump three slugs into him hmm something's but, wrong with this picture yeah I, I, you know maybe he put the gun down just long enough for short to just to get the drop on him. <laughs> but anyway, he, he's dead. Yeah, George's still alive. <laughs> so anyway, he returned to Dodge City, and he purchased an interest in the Long Branch in 1883, but almost immediately he became involved in what they call the Dodge City War. Oh. Now, this was a dispute between the reformers and the saloon owner, owners. Mm-hmm. Now, Short had returned to Dodge during the era when the reform was, you know, gripping through the city, and the reform movement in Dodge had begun about 1878, and they passed a law that only legitimate gambling uh, was allowed, and they were right, trying to get rid of the, the unscrupulous uh, card dealers or whatever. And this kind of provoked some violence, and at one point, they campaigned for the banishment of alcohol in these gambling establishments. Well, that just doesn't work. And by the time Short returned, they had begun cracking down on the gambling and other pastimes associated with saloons. Oh, gee, what would they be, Doctor? Tell us, please. I can't wait to hear. <laughs> well, I'm thinking singing and dancing, you know, <laughs> piano playing. <laughs> yeah, right. And did the tooth fairy show up, too? <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I, knew, I knew I couldn't get past you on that one. <laughs> Okay, anyway. Well, one of the tactics of the reformers was to ban women employees in saloons, which resulted in the arrest of three of Short's female, uh, his female singers. Uh, singers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that so they had the Andrews sisters over there. Yes, they, they were one of some of the singers. Yes. So one Saturday night, uh, Short encountered one of the policemen. Mm-hmm. His name was Hartman, out on the street, and... Uh, Realizing, uh, he short thought, you know, that this guy is part of the enemy, so he shot two rounds at Hartman, 
and who actually dove for cover and short thought he'd killed him but as he started to walk away Hartman jumped up pulled his gun and fired a shot at him uh, either one was hit but Luke was arrested uh, Short was arrested and kicked out of town so mm-hmm. he made his way for Topeka where he spoke to the press and everybody and he sent telegrams to some of his gunfighter friends that he called his friends asking them to help him so there were guys like Wyatt Earp, Bat Masterson, Doc Holliday, and they began to drift into Dodge. Uh-oh. Now, in addition to those guys, there were some other lesser-known guys. Now, maybe you've heard of some of these guys. Uh, Black Jack Bill, uh, Cold Chuck Johnny, Dyn- Dynamite Sam, Dark Alley Jim, <laughs> Three-Fingered Dave, Six-Toed Pete. I thought you'd like that one. Well, they're now, the, now, now they're all employed with the Obama administration. <laughs> Well, yeah, they all had to have a job. But anyway, the sheriff panicked, and he telegraphed the governor, and he uh, sent uh, some of the military down there to some of the militia to put them on alert. But anyway, the press had a field day speculating on what might happen once all these famous gunmen sided with Short against the reformers. And so Short and his pals marched into Dodge, but there was no violence because the reformers, the, the reformers kind of caved in and... Kind of before leaving town, the most famous of the gunfighters, uh, 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 and they call themselves the Dodge City Peace Commission. They they posed for a photograph, and I've got a picture right here in front of me of uh, Wyatt Earp, uh, Bat Masterson, and this Luke Short. It's just one of those old old pictures, you know. Uh-huh. And anyway, it's kind of interesting. But anyway, the following year, Short tried to sue Dodge City for throwing him out of town, and he settled out of court, and then he left Dodge for good. So now he's going to Fort Worth, okay. and he purchased a uh, one-third interest in Jake Johnson's White Elephant Saloon. <laughs> now, Johnson had been paying protection money to a guy named Longhair Jim Courtright, mm-hmm. and he was extorting money, and Short didn't like that. He didn't want to pay extortion money to this Courtright guy. Well, sure. So one day, Courtright uh, confronted him. Uh, and Short was with Bat Masterson at the time. Oh, my and goodness. So here's Short and Bat Masterson confronting this guy that's extorting. And this is what Bat Masterson said about this. Uh, I don't know how they got this, but he said, uh, No time was wasted in the exchange of words. Once the men faced each other, recalled Masterson, Courtright drew first, but the hammer of his sex gun caught on Short's watch chain. Now, that tells me they must have been sitting, standing pretty close together. Yeah. But he, giving, it says, he said, giving Luke time to pull his revolver. He fired a bullet which shat, shattered uh, Courtright's gun, and then he fired a few more slugs into Courtright, hitting his shoulder, his thumb, and his heart. And uh, anyway, Short was cleared on grounds of justifiable, justifiable homicide. Now, with Bat Masterson being a little taller and Short being small, I guess you could say that's the long and short of the story. <laughs> you could. But, you know, actually, I'm looking at this picture, and I don't know if Short is standing on something, but Bat Masterson is not very much taller. I'm saying maybe only two inches three at the most taller than uh, than short well he's standing on Mr. Brown <laughs> <laughs> he's standing on the dead body <laughs> so anyway that was Bat Masterson's take on the on what happened there but anyway short's final gunfight uh, erupted in Fort Worth in 1890 uh, he was mad about a gambling dispute uh, uh, the saloon owner his name was Charles Wright he actually ambu- ambushed ambushed short 
with a shotgun blast from behind. He hit him in the left leg, and uh, Short pulled out his revolver and opened fire, and but Wright managed to escape. But one of Short's bullets actually broke his wrist before he got away. Uh-huh. Well, Short developed a, a condition known as dropsy not, lo- not long after that, and he went to Mineral Springs at uh, Gouda Springs, Kansas. I don't know if you've heard of that. I have. Uh, but anyway, his condition worsened, and he died on September 8, 1893. Uh, his body was taken to Fort Worth Oakwood Cemetery, where he was buried only a few steps from Jim Corwright, the guy that he killed. And, you know, Short was known pretty much as a ruthless and a deceitful uh, gunfighter, but Bat Masterson kind of painted a different picture. He he said that he was one of the best-hearted men who ever lived. He said that Short owed less and had more money due to him when he died than any gambler who ever lived. Well, now, he died at 30, let's see, you said 1893. He died at uh, 36 years of age. Yeah, 1854 to 1893. Yeah, so um, uh, 39 years of age. And now I'm going to ask you a question. Isn't there a Western novelist that writes a lot of uh, the so-called Western uh, stories named Luke Short? You know, I I had never heard of him until I ran across this in one of my books. Yeah, I think, and somebody out there in the audience that loves Western novels and all the stories of the West and everything, I swear that there is a novelist out there today, today, still writing, that calls himself Luke Short. And I wonder if that's kind of a assumed name over possibly this Western uh, persona that you were talking about. Well, and it very well could be because, you know, some, and it could even be a, an ancestor. Uh, actually, uh, in the book that I'm looking at, uh, there's a portrait of a gal, uh, a very attractive lady. Her name is Hattie Buck, and she was a Dodge City woman that supposedly uh, was the wife of Luke Short. Now, mm. nowhere else in the story does it say anything about a wife, but, uh, uh, and this Luke Short is, a, you know, he's a good looking guy. Uh, mustache, short hair, redhead. Uh, and this picture of this gal that could be his wife, she's a young, very attractive, and so again, she could have had, they could have had uh, posterity that, uh, you know, passed on down. Well, you know, the thing so is, is... Only back in 1893. Yeah, but you know, when you talk about 1893, you talk about uh, being born in 1854, you talk about all the things that were done in a uh, Western lifestyle of longevity in only 39 years, and then they met their demise. You know, it, it really, I know life expectancy wasn't that great in those years, but they they didn't help matters by getting in shotgun fights. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, when you put yourself in a situation, like I said, the, the one uh, saloon, uh, the Oriental, was reportedly, you know, the site of some 200 deaths by gun. Oh, well, my. If you're going to hang around those places, you know, it's going to catch up with you sooner or later, I would think. So, basically, it's kind of like uh, Obama's unemployment numbers. The numbers they're saying are 8.2%, but really, uh, realistically, the numbers are 16%. And what you're saying, maybe the numbers in the Old West were a lot higher. If you'd have stayed out of the doggone saloon, you wouldn't have died. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay. Well, and then... You know, this has 200 deaths at the saloon. Well, how many happened after the saloon and outside the saloon and in the alley next to the saloon? 
you know. Oh, my so, goodness. Let's go back to the nicknames real quick. I've only got two minutes left. Some of the nicknames of these characters, where in the world did they get those nicknames back in the old days? Okay, well, let's look. Blackjack Bill. Yeah, that's easy. You like to play Blackjack. Okay, I got that one. Okay. Okay, Cold Chuck Johnny. Cold Chuck Johnny. That's got to be cold, cold food only. Cold food. Okay, Dynamite Sam. There's a guy well, that you don't want to hang around with. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to sleep next to him out in the, you know, or next to his saddlebags or, you know. <laughs> if you see a fuse, run. <laughs> if he's lighting something, there's a spark Get away. Okay, Dark Alley Jim. You want to stay away from that dude. I'm telling you, that <laughs> don't sound good. Oh. Okay, Three-Fingered Dave. Yeah, he was in a gunfight with the guy that still has five fingers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Six-Toed Pete. <laughs> Six-Toed, he sounds like maybe his family ancestry needs to be checked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the gene pool kind of got a little muddy in, in, with him. Right? Oh. Uh, Rowdy Joe Lowe. Oh, well, that's you know? an easy one. He always was in fights yeah. all the time, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, there was another one that, that I didn't mention is also a blackjack. It's Blackjack Ketchum. Oh, I remember and him. I talked, yeah, I talked about him yeah. a while back. He's the one that when they hung him, they didn't get the rope quite right. Yeah. And he dropped it a little faster and farther, and he just snapped his head off. Yeah, those are the nice stories that we always like enjoying on your program. <laughs> Listen, man, that was interesting about Luke Short, but I'm going to go and find out. I know on my bookshelf I've got some books that were written by Luke Short, and I'm going to check that out yeah. after the program. You know, I usually go on the Internet and check these things out to see if there's any other information, and I didn't get a chance to do that on this one. So, like I say, he could have some family or somebody that's just taking his name. Okay. Dr. History, you did it again. i got to come up with a name for you, and I'm going to have your nickname next week on the program. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now remember next week is the 4th of July. Oh, I won't have you on the air next week because I'll be over at the yeah. Rupert uh, remote broadcast. You're right, I'm glad you said that. Okay, so we won't be doing a show next week? We won't have a show next week, but we will the following week. Okay, because, you know, I always like to do that 4th of July, that uh, national anthem show on the 4th of July. Well, you want to come over and uh, do it right from uh, the location in Rupert? Can you drive over and do it there? Oh. Or if not, uh, I, t I tell you what, how long does it take on that 4th of July? Normally. To do that program? Yeah. Uh, you know, I could probably do it in 15 minutes. Uh, would you want to do it the next day on uh, the 5th of July, and we'll make arrangements, and I'll give you a call later. I'm going to be over there. I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you. We've got that remote broadcast. Well, we could do it two weeks from now. Let's do that. Let's do that two weeks from now. We'll have a special to revert back to our uh, great uh, patriotism on the 4th of July. Well, that's one of my favorites, next to the Christmas one, and if we can do that, uh, I always like doing that 4th of July one about the National Anthem and how that came to be. Let's do that then, and we'll look forward to it, and as a special guest, we'll have Three-Toed Kate come on and do a little dance routine. <laughs> Big nose, Kate, and her Three-Toed friends. <laughs> have a good day. God okay. bless you, man. Thanks. You have a good day. All right, thank you. Dr. History, one of my dearest friends, and his segment this morning, very interesting.